Welcome back to Catapult Your Business, where we help catapult your business one question at a time. My name is Casey Clark. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Cultivate Advisors, and I am so excited to talk about this week's question. I am going really deep, and we are going to talk about how do you avoid the imposter syndrome, the imposter syndrome as a business owner? How do you avoid it? We've all been there. We've all felt it. We know that moment in front of our team when we are not able to fully come to terms of like, should we be here? Should we be doing this? Are we ready for this? You know, it can be a very emotional draining thing. And to help me dig into this conversation, I have a very special guest, one of our super talented advisors, Cheryl is joining with us. So Cheryl, I'm so glad you're here with us. Cheryl has an awesome background. She's actually owned many businesses in all different industries from real estate to an auto shop. I mean, you know, just have got a ton of experience. And so you're a perfect person to slow down. You've been in a lot of different industries where you've probably could have had imposter syndrome and, you know, had to work to avoid that. And I know, obviously, as you work with all of the talented business owners that you partner with through Cultivate, this is probably a topic that comes up from time to time. So Cheryl, welcome to the call. Thanks for having me, Casey. We'll see how much I can add to this. (laughs) (laughs) Classic classic imposter syndrome right there. I love it. Let's just jump right in. Let's first just define it. Like in your mind, what is imposter syndrome? Well, there's different types, right? It's if you're a perfectionist and you have to have everything completed to the absolute perfection, you may feel that you're an imposter if it's not completed to the absolute perfection. There's the expert. If you aren't the expert in your field of what you're doing, maybe it's the numbers in your business, you may feel that you have the imposter syndrome. The natural genius, you don't think you have that natural ability to conquer through and be able to figure things out on your own. Imposter syndrome can set in, right? The soloist, Mm. how do I ask for help? If I ask for help, am I an imposter? Yeah, how does it feel? How does it be viewed, right? And for you, I mean, what do you see is like, how does this affect owners, right? Like when you sit down and work with business owners, like what do you see? How does it affect them? Where does it shift their abilities as an owner? Well, it causes a lot of anxiety, right? Having a business in and of itself, there's anxiety enough, right? Especially if you have employees (laughs) that you're responsible for them feeding their kids, Right. So anxiety. And then the other side of it is possibly depression where, you know, that unhappy feeling, you're not sleeping. There's too many things and too much weight on you. So it's almost like a mental health type of thing at some point. Absolutely. I mean, we've seen that obviously with the thousands of owners, we've had the privilege to support. And, you know, one of the pieces that I also see is maybe if it hasn't, sometimes the personality will weigh in if you get to that level of depression or you get to that level of anxiety. Another place that you might see it that I've seen with owners is that they they struggle to recruit talent. They actually struggle to get people to follow them because they come off, you know, with this facade because maybe they're overdoing it a little bit to try to overcome what they're really feeling inside as an imposter. Or another thing that I've seen is people will approach it and they'll just have no confidence in front of folks. And then it's like, well, do I really want to follow that person or do I want to base my career around that person? And so this can affect your performance. It can affect you personally. It can affect your, you know, significant other and other relationships as you might bring that anxiety or that stress or that emotional drain onto others. So, I mean, this is real, right? I mean, it's a real stat that there is a higher level of depression, higher level of suicide, higher level of mental health risks associated with entrepreneurs and business owners because the challenge you go through is difficult, right? You know that. I know that. Yes. You know, anybody who's done it knows, you know, how that feels. So this is real. This is real. And it's it's important that you be mindful of 
if you're going through it. And hopefully today, Shro, you can help us walk through how do you approach that, right? How do you work through that? So are there any other traits that come to mind or like just even maybe like some red flags or, or things that you might, you could give some of the audience listening in today of like, be mindful of this or just watch this. Avoidance. Outside of like the perfectionist avoidance. Talk to me about right? that. So it's just a matter of putting your head in the sand and avoiding it. Classic example, client in business for 11 years and managed okay. to stay in business, keep going, keep going, but didn't know how to put goals together because she didn't understand her numbers. And she's like, I just feel like yeah. an imposter. How do I give my people goals? And so she avoids doing it because she didn't know how to put it together, didn't know how to ask for help and was just trying to manage and muddle through. So avoidance is, is a big thing, which could be very detrimental. Are you getting the advice you need for your business from this episode? Do you want to get more than just one question answered and have it customized to you and your business? Well, Cultivate Advisors works one-on-one -on -one with thousands of business owners every day. Let them help you scale your business today. Don't just listen to this episode. Take action and go to CultivateAdvisors.com to see which advisor you get matched with and receive a free two-hour business assessment on how you could scale your business to the next level. Act now at cultivatedvisors.com. Well, and what I love about that example too is it really is really shines a light that a lot of times when business owners are feeling imposter syndrome, it's obviously at very different ranges and degrees, right? Sure. We've started off that it can be all the way to like your own personal mental health is affected, but it can also just be the performance of the business in a smaller way. And what you just addressed is that it's not always the full business, right? In fact, normally it's not. Usually it's like an isolated item or it's it's one area of the business because there's so many different areas of the business. It's impossible. It's impossible for a business owner to know every answer, everything, right? right? And so that avoidance is real. Like it comes up a lot because I always call it like it's the dark hole that I never want to look at, right? <laughs> it's like, like in the financial example, it's like, something's happening over there with the bank and I'm just going to hope it works out, right? Yeah. It's like that classic, I don't want to go in that dark cave because I, I don't know if I'll come back out of it. And we feel that way towards very specific parts of our business. So how do you work with your clients when they're avoiding or how do you work with your clients when they start to bring up, you know, that they might be having imposter syndrome or you, you see that they're having imposter syndrome? What's kind of your first way of approaching that or putting some things in place to help them work through it? Well, the first thing is to acknowledge that it's something that okay. should be fixed. Not that it's a problem, but that it should be fixed and it can be fixed, right? How do we eat an elephant yeah. one bite at a time? And, you know, numbers isn't everybody's thing. So taking that specific sure. example, get to the root of the issue. What is it that is it? Maybe right. it's just the software you don't know how to use. Once you learn how to use it or it's put in a fashion to help you versus, okay, right. what do I do? What do I do? So it's just trying to peel back the layers of the onion to get to the root of the issue. And then once it comes to surface of what the true issue is, it's like, oh, that's all? That's all I have to do? <laughs> yeah, that usually is it though, right? Yeah. Usually when we're in these moments, I'm like, wait, that's yeah. it? Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's usually a gap of education. It's usually a gap of confidence that's missing because you just don't have the know-how, right. right? And so, you know, financials is a good example. Another great example, Cheryl, is leadership, right? We see imposter syndrome constantly pop up in leadership. Yes. A lot of times you're leading people on something you've never done, or you're trying to get people to do things that you don't have nearly as much experience or know-how in as well. And so for me, what I've always found when I'm working with somebody and I realize there's some imposter syndrome in place is I always just get to take a step back and go, why don't you just go do that role for two days? Just actually go do it. Yes. Like, let's just rip off the bandaid. 
and go do it. And I think what you'll find is, and this happens, I can really relate this back to owners that are struggling and go, I can't get my people to succeed at the level I think they should be succeeding at. Well, prove it. The best thing you could do, instead of sitting around thinking the whole time or distracting yourself or avoidance or what, however you're coping with this environment, instead, just rip through it, reserve a couple days and go fill that role and be the role. And most likely you will overcome and go, I either have way more respect for that role and how much harder it is than I thought it was, mm-hmm. or you will have the know-how and clarity to tell, go see, I think this is the difference. This is the gap. Yes. And you'll figure out how to make that. Again, it comes back to your you know genius word of you can't avoid it. You have to go and just embrace it if you want to get past this point of imposter. Yes. Casey, there's so many different ways to approach different scenarios because we all have different yeah. personality types and maybe jumping into that role, they're not that type of person, but maybe they can look at it from the analytical perspective or the process analysis perspective. If they document it right. and see all the steps and see how much time it takes, and it's like, oh, I've got them running circles, right? Yeah. So several yeah, different ways absolutely. to approach it. There's no magic pill in business ownership. If there was, I would have bottled it no, a long time not. ago. <laughs> yeah, you sold it and you would have sold it for one heck of a premium. <laughs> so, you know, I think I look at that and you're so right. Like every personality, every style is going to be different. Every business is going to have different needs. And so that's what's so cool about kind of what's going on at Cultivate and where we're advising our companies is that. It all is, you know, one-to-one. It is all bespoke. It's allowing us to slow down. And what I love about what you said earlier is that you have to slow down and acknowledge it first and validate the reality. And what I really liked is then you went on to say, not just say, okay, this is what it is. Now let's try to peel back that onion. Any tips to people listening in of like ways to peel back that onion? I think, I think it's hard sometimes for owners to process that when they're so entrenched in the business. So just curious if you have any thoughts around it. I've always been a believer of just asking questions. Who, what, where, when, why, how? Cover those. Yeah. You know, who is it? Why is that happening? What's the issues yeah. behind it, right? So just ask questions. I, I try and tell my, my clients, Casey, that as business owners, a lot of times we make those guttural instinctive decisions, which may work out, which may not. The whole point yep. is to shift from that guttural and trust in your gut to education. And the only way that you're going to get educated is if you ask questions and do the research. You know, if you don't like to ask for help, you know, we know Google is everybody's friend today, right? <laughs> There's so much right. information on the internet, but that could be a double-edged sword too, right? You'll get so much information, information. that how do you process yeah. it? Yeah, you lose. It's like, oh my God, this is so overwhelming. How do I differentiate? And and when you get to a point where you don't know how to differentiate, that's when you bring in an expert. That's when you find somebody that you can trust to walk alongside you and to to walk you through those dark times. Because at the end of the day, when you come to the other side, it's like, ah, I was all anxious. I was all upset. I was all scared. I avoided it for so long for no reason. Right? Right. It's just simplistic. Yeah. One of the things that we're, we're not saying is even just the value of working with a third party to help you dive into those questions. If, if it's us as an advisor or somebody else, that's not my point. My point no. is you have to have somebody else sometimes who is not so in the trench with you that can actually come out on a macro level and ask some of these questions and help you work through it. So go get another business owner and go, hey, I'm really struggling. Can you just ask me a bunch of questions and make me think about this differently? And that can go extremely, extremely far. Because really, in my mind, imposter syndrome, overcoming it is confidence. 
is actually, in my mind, really like the bottom line of what is confidence because you're now educated and, and now you have more clarity, confidence in that you've experienced something, confidence in that you've just accepted it's okay. I don't have to know this. Right. And I can still be deemed as successful. I can still be deemed that I've, you know, there's a lot of different ways to gain the confidence needed. And so my fear is when people get hit with this imposter syndrome, they, they start to bury themselves down versus looking for ways to lift themselves up. And the way to lift yourself up and keep moving is to try to, like you said, identify the root of why are you not confident? Why are you actually struggling with this? And then let's go figure out what we need to do to solve that and slow it down. Don't just keep assuming and avoidance like, like you shared. So thanks so much for that. Another question that's really important to me, Cheryl, and I've, I've seen a lot of people bring this to me over the years is that classic leadership example where you're sitting in front of your team and you have this moment when you realize you may not know the answers to something. I find that's a really clear example that every business owner has dealt with. And I think most of the times we're so used as owners to giving direction. We're so used to having the answers. But at some point, and we see this a lot with our business owners as we grow and scale them, they get to this point where it's impossible. In fact, a lot of your team members will actually evolve past you as the owner and become better than you because the business takes its own life. Have you seen that first off? Have you seen that happen? And like, you know, do you have any tips or ideas around like how to navigate that feeling or what your perspective is when it comes to, do you need to have the answers as an owner? Absolutely. For myself, that happened to me in one of my, when I had opened up a bar, I don't drink wine, but I served it. Okay. Right. So, and yeah. in having conversations, I would bring my staff into the fold and say, look, I'm not really a wine drinker. What do you recommend? Why? I would go to the specialists and ask them and actually had a little tiff with one of my guys. He's like, well, what the heck do you know? You don't even drink it. I said, so what? So what? I don't have to be an alcoholic to run a bar. I don't have to like (laughs) everything that I serve, right? So it's just, it's putting the fear aside, right? There's nothing to be afraid of. And I think that's a big component too, is is the fear factor. Like you don't want to look incompetent because you are the business owner. It doesn't have to be. You're hiring people in a specialty to execute what you need them to execute. You would hope at some point they would know more than you because that's why you're bringing them in, right? To be open and receptive. Thanks for tuning in to Catapult Your Business, where Cultivate Advisors is helping you catapult your business one question at a time. Are you running your business or is your business running you? At Cultivate Advisors, they'll match you with an expert advisor and do a free two-hour deep dive for your business. This will give you the clarity you need on how to get your business to the next level. Cultivate has worked with thousands of businesses. What do you have to lose? So head over to CultivateAdvisors.com and sign up for your free two-hour session. I'm so glad you spoke to that. You know, I've been trained that trust is really broken down in a three-legged stool, right? And you need all three legs in the stool for it to work, right? Right. Otherwise, the stool's going to fall. And the three are, you know, do they trust your character? Do they they know who you are as a person? Number two, do they trust your competency, meaning, you know, confidence in your ability to do things? And then do they trust the common goal, right? Is there a shared common goal? And if If two people have the same common belief or goal, if two people trust each other's character, and if two people align that they're both competent enough to do something, and I can trust you to take action for me, trust is there. 
in not any place ever have I ever seen said trust is based on you knowing the answers. Competency is not answers. Competency is have the ability to actually say, that's a great question. We should go figure that out together. And that's actually a better leadership approach that actually brings out more trust from your team when you finally show that humble side and you go, yeah, of course I have my superpowers, but heck yeah, I got weaknesses. And of course I know a lot of stuff. We would have never got the business to where we got it to, but you, I don't know. If you don't know, I don't know. Let's go find out somebody who does. Nice. I think a lot of times, Cheryl, it's actually about building a culture of introspection. And if you can bring that as a core value into your organization and establish a, a foundational culture where people are naturally looking in versus out and are naturally not processing judgment, meaning as an owner or a leader, you're not processing right. judgment at, out to others. You will create this environment where as an owner, you feel very comfortable to go, huh, I have no experience with this. This is interesting. What do you think we should do? That's why you're here, right? It's why I've hired you. It's why you're on my mm -hmm. team. Can you help me go figure this out? Or who do I know that I can help reach out to to help us solve this? And that totally goes against the grain of fake it till you make it right? Yes. Pretend. So on the flip side of that, it's like, hmm, that's interesting. There's so many different avenues we can go down. How do you think we should do it? And then getting right. the buy-in yeah, or the skin in the game. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Good point about the fake it till you make it. I mean, that was, uh, I mean, on, from the 60s to the 90s, that was all you heard about in business. Fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. You know? I just showed my age. <laughs> that The world shifted a little bit. and It did. I just did an interview with a pretty prominent magazine. And you know, we were talking about this, like what's the difference between generational entrepreneurs? And we've got a lot of different generations that we work with, obviously is our client base. Right. And it is interesting, right? You see more of a vertical hierarchical setup in the baby boomer era, you know, versus more of the new generations. It's, it's a lot, it is more collaborative, but because, you know, maybe with how people have been brought up more in the millennials or the younger generations, you are also seeing sometimes less confidence, you know, to approach the business and put down authoritative, hard conflict conversation when you need to. So there is a balance, right? You have yes. to be able to come at the business and know in the right moments when to choose your battles, but when to just go, I have no idea. And that's only going to build more trust. And so mm -hmm. if, if you needed to hear that today, if maybe you're leading a team as an owner and you're, you're, you found yourself going like, ah, oh, the bigger this gets, the harder it gets, or I'm worried to scale my business. I've, we've seen that before, right? I'm a little nervous to scale my business because I don't know if I'll be able to handle it. Right. You can handle it. You're talented. You have the idea. You have the vision. We just got to get the right system and the right people on your team. We can help you create that scale. So, you know, this has been, Cheryl, just an awesome conversation. We obviously know how important this is. For those listening in, if you want to chat with Cheryl or catch up with Cheryl, would love to make that introduction. Jump over to our website at cultivatedadvisors.com where you can learn a little bit more about Cheryl. But also, if you do reach out to us, put a note in there and say, hey, I'd like to get connected with Cheryl for my free, you know, couple hour session. And I know Cheryl will be happy if she's got the space in her book at that time to, to take a look and have a conversation and help you break down your business. So Cheryl, let me come back to you though in closing words here. Any final pieces of advice or thoughts you'd like to share here with everybody listening in today? I think don't be afraid. You eat an elephant one bite at a time. Just take it one step at a time. You don't have to overwhelm yourself. Be intentional, right? That's words that we use in the way we do our work, right, Casey? It's be intentional. Yeah. Set realistic goals. Don't overload yourself. Take it one small step yeah. at a time and you'll get to the other side. You will. Well, and if you've joined us today because you're looking to grow your business and scale your business, which is what I know most of the people that follow us are trying to do, just remember compounding year-over-year -year growth is it'll grow your business so <laughs> fast, right? So 
bite off just a few bites of that elephant per Cheryl's advice. And you'll be shocked how much that moves the needle. Doing a lot of stuff, right? Everybody knows less is more. So love it. Cheryl, thanks so much for bringing your time and slowing down to share your wisdom with everybody listening in today. And again, for everybody listening, keep on your entrepreneurial journey. You know, keep making an impact to the world. And we will see you next time to help catapult your business with our next question. Bye, all.